Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three has begun, begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. See, like I said, there's actually some cool UFC stuff going on. I don't know, did they have their Hall of Fame stuff tonight or something? Uh, seemed like a strange night to do it. Uh, kind of flying to the radar. I'm a degenerate. I'm watching all this college football and NFL football and stuff and WNBA basketball. But we actually do have a pretty cool card here, man. Uh, let's, let's just sort of get people caught up today. It's pretty crazy. I remember when Cynthia Calvillo, she was like, oh, the next big thing. She's plus 235. Jessica Andrade is Andrade minus 290. Uh, Curtis Blades minus 335 against uh, Gerizino, Rosenstruck. Uh, minus 335, so we got some big favorites. Uh, old-timer fight here, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Man, it's a tough fight to pick, Matias, that one. Who are you going with? No, I expect you to take Robbie Lawler. You're Hawaiian. No, no, man. You're right. That That's a tough fight to pick. I would just stay away from that fight to tell you the truth. <laughs> no, you got to pick it. you got to pick a winner. Who will you take? Robbie's looked so bad in his last four fights. I know. He looks I old. Can't pick, I can't pick. Yeah, but you know what? Nick Diaz looks like he forgot how to throw a right hook, man. So, I know. You know, I, know. I, I, I guess I'd have to go with Robbie Lawler, but at the same time, man, choke me underwater with that one because I don't know if I'm going to get out of there. Uh. <laughs> I'll take Diaz, man, and hope for the best. He's beat him before, Gabe, but that's when he was actually fighting regularly. You know what I mean? We're talking about a guy who's not coming off of the couch, but at the same time, he hasn't been in a competitive fight oh, I in know, years. I know. That's why they're fighting each other. I want to know how he's going to react when he gets hit in the face again. You know, that's what I'm interested in. It's like, are you going to get scared? Are you going to get hurt? Like, yeah, It's different when you haven't been hit in the face for a long time, man. You don't like that stuff. So Valentina Shevchenko is a 21 favorite over Lauren Murphy. Not much to discuss there. Volkanovski, listen, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't watch a second of that. Uh, I didn't watch a second of the Ultimate Fighter at all, the TV show. So Volkanovski. It wasn't about the coaches for the first time. It was about the fighters. So we didn't get to see too much Ortega because he's kind of boring. And minus 184, who you got here? I got Volkanovski all the way. Just a different level monster. Uh, better combinations. The only way Ortega wins that fight is if he gets him in a guillotine choke somehow, some way. Maybe Volkanovski gets lazy and gets caught in a position. But I think Volkanovski controls this fight and really, really beats up Brian Ortega. Kind of similar to the way that Max Holloway beat up Brian Ortega. You know, Alex, Alex Volkanovski is a good mixed martial artist, man. He, he's an all-around killer. And he's very strong. He's very strong. People forget about how strong he is. 
You know, he's broken a lot of fighters, Gabe. And I think he's going to break Ortega as well. It'll take him a while because Ortega's tough. But he's going to take a beating. He really is. I like Dan Hooker at minus 150, or if the line's moving or changing right now. But um, Dan Hooker against Nas Hakparost, I think people are sleeping on Hooker right now. <laughs> sleeping on? Uh, that, you set that one up. Sleeping on the Hooker. Uh, it's lowbrow, but it c- couldn't resist. All right, thanks, Matthias. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Level three has begun. And we're not done yet. You want more football bets? We've got football bets uh, coming. I don't, we actually, we're very college heavy. We're very college heavy. You want NFL football? Don't forget, I'm on live um, every Sunday at 4 o'clock Eastern. So, in other words, we're on live during the late games. If you want to bet and sweat it out uh, with me and Holden Kushner, it's a good time uh, with Holden. And we've been spoiled with some really good games. And you know, let me let me just you know fly through some NFL football. Well, whatever. We know we know that uh, Carolina won. They, they covered tonight. Davis Mills didn't suck. I think Houston got themselves a quarterback uh, moving forward. But props to the Carolina Panthers. They are now. Uh, three and zero, oh. uh, but since we are so college heavy uh, tonight, I've already played an Arizona Cardinal Buffalo Bills seven point teaser, so I've got the Bills minus one and I've got the Cardinals minus a half a point. I put that bet in. Um, I like the New York Giants. It's funny because it was three all week. Now there's two and a halfs on the board. This is an absolutely positively has to get to Pittsburgh overnight. Must win victory for Joe Judge. Otherwise, he might be facing the executioner. All right, give me the New York football Giants to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Ravens and the Lions are going to be a track meet. All right, Detroit will not be able to stop Baltimore. And Lamar Jackson is going to run wild. All right, Lamar is going to run wild. Take Lamar Jackson, rushing yard prop to the over. Baltimore have a chip on their shoulder. I'm telling you, all these good teams are not going to take the pedal off the metal this year. They, everyone wants the one seed. There's not two home field advantages anymore. It changes the that dynamic of it. All right, it's kind of a tough spot for, for Detroit to be in here. I think there's going to be a lot of points uh, in that football game. Um, I, you know, I'm really liking the uh, I'm really liking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, guys. I really am. Tom Brady's just in that assassin mode uh, right now. They didn't even care about the Falcons last week. They dispatched them after the Falcons pissed them off. And as far as the Los Angeles Rams are concerned, all right, you beat an anemic offense and Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton in week one, and you beat Carson Wentz. So, in other words, like, let's be real. You could combine Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz, and that's sort of like one quarterback, and it'd be an average quarterback at that. You're not playing them now. Jalen Ramsey's good, but, dude, Tampa have like five, six, seven different options, and Tom Brady knows how to get the ball to them. I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this spot. Ooh, Matt Stafford. We've got Matt Stafford now. You're going to lose with Matt Stafford now. That's what's going to happen. Tampa beats you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. 
Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. We're throwing it down on Sirius XM. Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Networks, and of course, kicking it live on the Mightier 1090 in San Diego and Los Angeles. Let's talk some college of football with one of our uh, favorite uh, guests, First Coast News, Heisman Trophy voter, host of a great SEC podcast, Brent Beard, steps up and joins us. Brent, it's always a pleasure, sir. How are you doing this week? Gabe, I'm doing well. I'm fresh from Alabama and Florida in the swamp. And as you can imagine, I think my hearing just came back maybe yesterday. Wow, what a football game it was. And uh, we've seen the Florida Gators and Coach Mullins give Coach Saban all that he can handle the last two times that they played each other against uh, each other, Brandon. It's amazing, isn't it? He's 0-11 straight up right now against Coach Saban, but it seems like um, he's knocking on the door right now. Well, he really is, uh, and and they've done it, Gabe, in two different ways. Remember last year in the SEC championship game, uh, when you've got one of the better passing offenses anywhere, and then this time, uh, and somewhat of a surprise that he uh, is able to take what he's got with his personnel, and he's able to fit it around uh, the number one rushing attack, basically, in the nation, much less the SEC. So, what uh, what Dan Mullen can do with an offense is unbelievable, is it not? Uh, it really is. And, you know, I was a massive fan of his. And for people that don't realize, of course, he was part of the Urban Meyer um, coaching staff uh, back in the heyday. Ultra successful with Mississippi State. And all we need to know, I mean, look at, look at Dak Prescott right now, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, Emory Jones, Gabe, is probably – the guy that he's got that's closest to what he wants. In other words, this guy is a true dual threat quarterback, uh, and and he wants that threat to have a guy to be able to tuck and run when he needs to be able to do it uh, when he's got some open field. So, uh, frankly, Mullen, I think, maybe even more comfortable at this point uh, with this uh, dual threat offense, maybe even more than he was last year. So they get Tennessee, and I remember, and I don't need to tell you, Brent, but for you know, for younger people that don't don't realize, this used to be such a fierce oh, rivalry. Yeah. Man, it was fierce in the Spurrier and Major days. That was like that. That was must see TV. I always love how the the rivalries sort of evolve over the years in the SEC, and this used to be one of the nastiest ones. Is there? How do you think? Like coming off the law, you know, coming off that loss, how do you think uh, Florida bounced back in this spot? Well, that's going to be the real challenge here. Now, Tennessee has not won in Gainesville, Gabe, since 2003. 
that's unbelievable, isn't it? They've won. Wow. Fi- they've won 15 of the last 16. And, and listen, your point's a good one. People may forget this, but remember years ago, CBS had the first couple of weeks uh, in September with the Open U.S. Open tennis. And yep. then the, thir- the third week of September, they would have Florida – and Tennessee, and it was, and, and, and Gabe, uh, both teams were probably what? At least in the top 10 if they weren't in the top five. I'll tell you a story, Brent, and this, this goes back. So I'm 51 right now. So this we're going back. This is about the late 80s. So when this 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 era, the, you know, that rivalry was in the heyday, so to speak. And I was living in Los Angeles, and I went to Las Vegas, and I'm just a kid, all right? I'm in Las Vegas, you know, I'm 19 or whatever, 18, 19, 20. Um, I was literally betting like, yeah, no one was asking for ID. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but I'll never forget Red Fox, Sanford and Son, one of my favorite shows, Red Fox was playing. And I was like, oh my God, I have a chance to see Red Fox. <laughs> and I ended up sitting in a hotel room watching Tennessee and Florida play instead. <laughs> Brent, true story. My hand on my Bible. True story. Red Fox died shortly after. And I was like, wow. man. I can't believe I didn't go see Red Fox and sit in a hotel room and watch a college football game. Just amazing. But but listen, to to go further on your question, Dan Mullen wants to know, Will this team be focused? Uh, They and, and look, this sounds strange, but Gator fans are acting like this was a win over Alabama. Bama fans were acting like this was a loss. Yeah, there should be moral victories in Gainesville, right? That's kind of <laughs> what they're, they're going to storm the field for losing a close game. <laughs> but the, the the amazing thing is, Gabe, Florida has 1,021 yards rushing through three games. That's more than they've had in 40 years. Wow. I, I'm so, wow. And I'm telling you, man, I've been talking about this, and I think in the NFL – we're going to start to see this as well. I think uh, the ground attack is uh, in vogue again. Yes. I think we might be starting to be seeing. I'm not saying the spread offenses are done, uh, but I'm more and more I see we, we see teams running the ball. Michigan are averaging over 350 yards a game right. on the ground. 350. The strategy for Dan Mullen, and frankly, it was brilliant in a lot of ways. He wanted to run the ball and be able to stop the run. They had over 250 yards rushing against Alabama. Bama has less than 100, Gabe, less than 100, uh, which is the first time that's happened basically uh, since around 2007 for Alabama. But the strategy worked. Uh, It kept Alabama uh, at bay. They could not stop, frankly, because they didn't play enough players. Florida uh, but we knew they had one of the best running back rooms in the league. Uh, and then Florida, uh, the, the the key point in the game, Bama's up 21-3. to three. You remember the three three-and-outs for Alabama? Florida, after that, took control of the game. Now, Bama was still able to stay a little bit ahead, never lost the lead. But uh, to, to your point, could we see some resurgence of the running game, particularly with Florida, and how important that's going to be for them this year? Uh, Brent Beard uh, with us. From Alabama's perspective, Coach Saban said he was proud of his kids, the way they battled and the way that they won the game. He said that publicly. Privately, well, you know, it was, you know, was their anger with Alabama and the coaching staff. 
or is the expectation? Because like you said, I mean, they win the game, but it's almost like the people talk like they lost, and they didn't. And I think if you're a coach, you're going to understand you're not going to win by 21 every week, especially not in the SEC. But what's your takeaway from Alabama and what the coaching staff takes away from the game and their mindset moving forward? I know the fans would have loved to have gone ahead 28 to three or 35 to three. And I can tell you um, sitting in the press box and, and looking at Twitter and listening to the fans and media, people it thought it been, was about to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it, right. At that point it would have been over, but listen, Gabe, this may be a blessing in disguise for Alabama because it showed some weaknesses that they had that they've got to be able to work on. Um, they struggled again, running the ball 91 yards rushing. They only played now This is amazing for them. They only played 38 players. They played wow. 18. They played 18 on defense, 20 on offense, when they should have played much more, gave the human. What's like the norm, Brent, for like a college? Because college rosters are huge. So like 38, uh, that's that's uh, low, yes. like low, low, right? And see, Bama's got 50 of the best players anywhere on their roster. But Gabe, if you only play 38 players, you're cheating yourself because one yeah. of the big strengths they have is their depth. Yeah. Uh, and, and they weren't able to do that. Yeah, so cause Florida have 25, 30 really guys, good guys too, right? Oh, well, oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and here's the thing though, this game, Gabe may help Alabama next week. Now they got Southern Miss this week. They win that game, but they've got a gargantuan game next week. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss come to Tuscaloosa, and then yeah. the week the week after that, Bama goes to Texas A&M. Gabe, could this Florida game and what they learned from that help them with Ole Miss and Texas A&M? Oh, it's getting real now in the SEC. Speaking about Arkansas and Texas A&M as well. We'll take a quick break. More SEC talk on the other side. Brent Beard with us. The Late Night Anger Management Class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabe Moraxi. We're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the Mightier 1090, San Diego, Los Angeles. Let's do this thing. We're talking college football. And one of the biggest games of the week, and I have to say, this team has surprised me, um, you know, with the quality of play uh, that they brought to the football field so far this year. And I'm talking about the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. They take on Texas A&M. In Jerry's world, and of course, Jerry Jones is uh, Arkansas's biggest booster. And once again, we always like to, to try to uh, educate people as we're in conversation with Brent Beard. Brent, uh, that a lot of people probably don't realize Jerry Jones is actually a national champion, right? That's right. He won, he won a national championship with Arkansas, guys. He's not just some rich old man. He's actually a football player. That's how he knew Jimmy Johnson. That's how he hired Jimmy Johnson. That's, that's where the relationship came from. So we know he's, you know, he's he's proud. Arkansas play this, you know, they they play these games um, on the Dallas Cowboys home field. It's been a great start uh, for Arkansas. Yet for me, you know, this is this is where it gets real. You just talked about in the last segment about, you know, the SEC schedule picking up. The business about to pick up, as Jr. says, and it's about to pick up for Arkansas right now. What a massive game this one is. Uh, there's no doubt, and right now, and again, we don't give out these awards in September, but Sam Pittman's done a great job. Uh, look, K.J. Jefferson, uh, their quarterback, who Gabe is basically a running back, uh, threw for 366 uh, last week in the game over uh, Georgia Southern. The interesting thing about this series, A&M has won nine straight games in this rivalry but five of the last six have been decided by seven or fewer points. Gabe, we talked about CBS a few minutes ago. The first 330 game for Arkansas since 2017. How about that for, for, for lack of respect for the Hogs? Now, as far as Jimbo Fisher is concerned, he's actually he's living up to his contract, isn't he? I mean, you know, it was kind of auspicious the way that he left FSU and he pops up uh, here in, in college station, but we can't argue with the results. I mean, you know, and it's funny because we always hear about a lot of these programs, you know, I'll put them back on the map or, you know, get them back to where they were, where they were. And a lot of times they were never at the top to begin with. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Brian? Right. Like oh, yeah. we often hear that. Like I'm a Michigan fan. We hear that often too. It's like, guys, even in our peak with Bo, we're a 10 and two team. We're 10 and two franchise. Like, you know, ten to two program, etc. So it's funny how you know, like there's a perception of some franchises like Nebraska. We should be winning. It's not the seventies and the eighties anymore, guys. Right? So Tennessee's another one of those spots. So I sort of saw A and M, but I tell you what, Jimbo's turning this thing into a national championship contender for real, isn't he? Uh, well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they're paying him money. They've got the facilities. They're able to recruit. Uh, Elko, the defensive coordinator, was at Wake Forest. Uh, then he went to Notre Dame. Then he's now at Texas A&M. The real challenge for them, Gabe, is going to be a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Haynes King, the starter, got hurt uh, in that gruesome injury at Colorado. He may be back for the Alabama game. Zach Calzada 
is getting adjusted uh, to being the starter. But, boy, they have got some weapons, don't they, Gabe? Isaiah Spiller had 177 yards last week against New Mexico. And a beat writers have told us Devon A-Chain may be just as good as he is. Anaya Smith, the same thing. They've got a couple of guys up and coming, Moose Muhammad and uh, Devon Demas. Is Anaya's going to be okay? Sort of jump in here, Brett. But is Anaya's? Because I know he was listed as day-to-day, but I guess yeah. he's fine. Right. I, I think so. Uh, and and uh, but if you can get anything out of him, that's going to make a uh, a humongous difference at this point. Their defense it just absolutely lights out how how strong it's going to be for them. But again, it, it, as we mentioned, they've got to get past Arkansas first. But they know that Alabama game. They've circled that game. Uh, that game's at home in two weeks. And man alive, what a what an atmosphere that's going to be. Gabe, that's probably going to be the CBS primetime game this year will be Alabama at Texas A&M. Can you imagine what that atmosphere is going to be? Oh, man. I'm getting fired up right now. I wish, <laughs> I, I swear, I said this all the time. I wish I was watching Star Trek the other night. I wish we could just beam up everywhere, Brad. I'd beam up next to you. We'll have Absolutely. a couple of beers. We'll go to the game. <laughs> and listen, one thing that catches my eye here uh, about this football game, Arkansas, a little sloppy with the penalties, Brent. Yeah. A little sloppy with the penalties. Giving a 78.5 penalty yards per game, ranks 116th in FBS. Okay, that's fine. You, you know, it was a blow against Texas. This could be a game where every first down, every penalty counts, especially without A&M defense. You know, do you think penalties could be an issue here? Discipline. Uh- Oh, listen, there's no question about it. And, Gabe, the last thing that you want to do in a game like this is to give Texas A&M, with those weapons that we mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, more uh, time to to run off the clock or be on the field. But, But, listen, this is amazing, too. For Arkansas, Gabe, they've got five running backs who at this point of the season, and again, it's early, all of them have at least have 100 yards. So uh, their offense has improved drastically. What Sam Pittman has done, as you mentioned earlier, has, has really just been amazing. All right, so, you know, we all get excited, and people get excited about these college football teams, you know, that they're, they're are 2-0 and 3-0, and uh, et cetera. And then conference play kicks in and reality uh, yeah. kicks in. So I'm curious your take. Uh, on this Kentucky football team. You know, somebody that I have a lot of respect for, Phil Steele, had Kentucky as one of his most improved teams uh, this year. Listen, we know they have the talent. It was just the offense. And let's be real, it came down to the quarterback uh, position. But are you buying into Kentucky uh, sitting at 3-0 right now and potentially with a 4, you know, going going to 4-0 here? What's your take on this game? Or what's your take on Kentucky? I think they can beat South Carolina this weekend. Luke Doty will be starting for South Carolina, who they thought was going to be their starting quarterback all along. The guy you're talking about is Will Levis, who transferred from Penn State. 23 of 35, 254 in in the win over Chattanooga. But that was a five-point win. Chris Rodriguez uh, leads the SEC in rushing. Wondell Robinson is a Nebraska transfer who who has been terrific for them at this point. But, Gabe, here's two things with Kentucky that are a problem. They've got a lot of turnovers. In three games, they've given the ball up eight times. And that's something that's got to be cleaned up. And on defense, this Kentucky defense on third down, 
they are allowing offenses to convert 45% of the tries, which means, Gabe, they can't get off the field on third down. So, and Gabe, keep this in mind, too. After South Carolina, they go home next week. Florida comes to Lexington. Big time. And, and what's going to be another huge game next weekend. And I can tell you this, they have beaten Florida in the swamp and that they've had a lot of close games in Lexington. They are not and no longer intimidated by the Gators. Man, you know, Brent, I was looking and, you know, we, we break down all these games. You want to look at one one team that hasn't won in in a uh, on the road. I've seen the Beavers have not beaten the Trojans in Los Angeles since 1960. Incredible. 1960. Like, so let me throw a couple other games at you here. Sure. This isn't SEC, but I love the pageantry of this, and I don't think people realize this. So and it's amazing to me that Notre Dame and Wisconsin haven't, I don't know, just run into each other at some point in time really? since 1964. And when they played in 1964, it was actually Eric Parsegan's first game as head coach at Notre Dame. How cool is that? Oh, yeah. Just a little bit of synergy here. Everyone I talked to this week, tell you know, likes Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin's physicality. Notre Dame barely beat FSU. Notre Dame barely beat Toledo. Well, Notre Dame beat Purdue, and they are three and zero. And props to you. And I was on it. I took FSU plus the points, and I remember you said in week one, watch out for that, and they nearly did uh, knock them off. What do you make of this uh, football game at Soldier Field? And just for the record, guys, and I'm not even a Notre Dame fan, so it kind of you know it pains me to give him so much love this week. But <laughs> it kind of flew under the radar that Brian Kelly tied uh, Newt Rockney for most wins ever in Notre Dame uh, football history. If he wins, he'll have 106. Brian Kelly's done everything in college football except win a national championship, right? That's right. Listen, he's been there 13 years, and even if people don't like Brian Kelly, you've got to give it up for him. I, I said, look, my goodness. That's what I say. That's how I start the sentence. Listen, even if you don't like him, yeah. Even Look, uh, Gabe, people don't break Newt Rockney's record every day, do they? I mean, for crying no. out loud, that, that's amazing. Think about that. Now, think about this. Wisconsin five and four in their last nine games dating back to 2020. Now, Kyron Williams of Notre Dame, uh, we're really one of the better running backs. Frankly, this is a hard game to call in a lot of ways. Game day is there. People may not realize that. A lot of people thought game day may be in Dallas and Jerry's world for uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M, but game day is in Chicago for this game. That That's going to be fascinating. And, Gabe, think about this. How huge is this going to be if Notre Dame can win this game next week? Yeah. Notre Dame plays Cincinnati. What a schedule. I can't believe that. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm calling it now. Notre Dame survives this week and loses to the Bearcats. Uh, uh, listen, what if, if Luke Fickle could get that game, what in the world would that mean for yeah. Cincinnati trying to get to the playoffs? That's the one, isn't it? That's their shot. That's, That's right. You know, And it's sort it of like is. the Ducks having that, hey, we beat Ohio State, suck it. You can't keep us yeah. out. <laughs> right. right. Keep us out. Yeah. Hey, Brett, man, I always <laughs> love talking ball with you. I can't wait to catch up with you the next week. We could talk all night, but... I know you're a busy man, Brent uh, Beard. Follow him on uh, Twitter. Listen to his SEC podcast. Brent, it's always a pleasure, sir. Enjoy the games. God will, Dave. Always enjoy the time, my friend. Enjoy it, too.
You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. Let's talk football. Mike Blue at Sports Grid. Very own steps up and in. Good news, bad news, Mike. We're going to talk about your Boston College Eagles, but we're yeah, also we going to talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Let's start off with the good. How about them Eagles? Boston College, big game. You got Mizzou coming to town. Eagles 3-0. A lot of people were high on Boston College. Their win total was 6.5, but heavily shaded to the over or 7. So it showed, Mike, people did respect. The oddsmakers did respect Boston College coming into the year, and so far they're living up to the hype. Absolutely, and I think the schedule obviously has been extremely lenient to this point. Colgate, UMass, and Temple, a very down year for all of those programs, but uh, things really took a turn, obviously, in the Temple game. Starting quarterback Phil Dracovic uh, with a broken wrist. He'll be out for the season. Uh, there are sort of little hopes that maybe he comes back in time for a bowl game. But what really would that mean? And why would he even do that? Uh, so for me as a fan, uh, they certainly have a good, talented team. But it is a very different outlook from here on out without the starting quarterback. Dennis Grossel takes over. He has been with the team for years, uh, but he is, and he's been in and out of the lineup, sort of coming in when starting quarterbacks have gotten hurt, which has unfortunately happened several times. But I, I think a lot of things have to line up for a team to have a really special season. Uh, and it could have happened. Djokovic was the type of guy that maybe he could have won enough games, put up enough stats, that maybe there would have been a little Heisman hype on campus. Maybe they could have ripped off some wins. It doesn't mean they would have gone undefeated, but a nine or even a 10-win season could have been within reach. With the limitations they have offensively now, I'm not quite sure that's the case. Wow. So Mike blew it. So you, 
should everybody take the Missouri Tigers? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> What's hard for me is to get a gauge early in the season when you have now a few games under your belt. BC's run over their three opponents yeah, so far. Tough. How strong is Missouri? We, You and I both like Drinkwitz as a head coach. He's turning the program around in similar way to Halfley turning the program around at BC. And now they meet for the first time. A few comments, a few snide comments made by uh, Drinkwitz on the way in that Halfley sort of shot down. But uh, I think it'll be really interesting. And I actually think it's the first true picture you'll have of both teams. BC is going to likely have to win a more defensive outcome. And it is it is too bad because we've talked about this in the past, right? BC have always been known as that defensive, you know, blue-collar type of program. Sure. But they've had, they added offense to the equation. Yeah. And now they're sort of back to what they were. Mm-hmm. But is there that much of a drop-off? Like, yeah, are they going to score that, that less points right now? The positives for this team is that they have five returning offensive linemen. Uh, they are all still healthy. Uh, the drop-off at the quarterback position, I think, takes the top, where they were able to take the top off the defense previously with Zay Flowers, who's first-team All-ACC last year. I don't think they'll be able to do it to that extent. I think you'll see a lot of ball control passing. Uh, Grossel only attempted 13 passes last week, but that game was over early. I think you're right. It is back to a little bit of old school they have some defensive transfer players in this year. Uh, they need to get a little bit tighter on defense than they were the last week and a half, uh, second half of the UMass game in Temple. There were some lapses here and there. But Jeff Hafley is known to be a top-notch, high-end defensive coordinator and a coaching prospect that is, is using BC to potentially jump to his next job. I hope he's here for a few more years. But he does have that kind of resume, having coached in both the NFL and at Ohio State and other high-profile coaching uh, college coaching stops. Uh, this game is not a pick but close to it. Missouri are basically a point, point-and-a-half yep. road favorites. We should note that the Tigers are 0-3 ATS on the season. Mm-hmm. Got all they can handle from Central Michigan. Yep. Lost to Kentucky, uh, beat Southeast Missouri State. So, you know, this is a tough game for them, too. This is why, you know, the odds are uh, what they are. I'm curious to see how Boston College matches up with Mizzou's team speed. Uh, agreed. I, I think you're looking right now. Uh, it's going to be difficult to see how BC comes out offensively. I think they will run the ball to the best of their ability. But that 58 and a half total feels high to me. I think no, it plays not- lower than that. And my favorite bet here would be the under. It's a little too hard to nail down exactly how BC is going to look in a re- against a tougher opponent in the non-conference. Before we get into some NFL, any other college games uh, catch your eye this week that you're looking forward to watching or betting? Yeah, I mean, I I think you really want to continue to see how certain teams progress. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, I think, is going to be on everybody's mind because it's uh, Jack Cohen back against his Shamrock series. Yeah, that's right. Jack Cohen, quarterback transferred from Wisconsin to Notre Dame. So many great storylines in this game, Mike. I've been talking about this all week in which this is the first time that they played since 1964. That's hard to believe. They didn't fall ass backwards at some point. Yeah. Uh, it was Eric Parsegian's first game as coach at Notre Dame uh, in 1964 when they played. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly tied Newt Rockney last week with his 105th career victory <laughs> at Notre Dame. He wins this, and he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. You got the Shamrock Series. Notre Dame are 9-0 and in the Shamrock Series. They've never lost uh, before. 
man, to me, it's saying some, some so many great storylines. This feels like an old school college football game, this one, doesn't it? Absolutely. And Jack Cohen from around my way I live on Long Island. He is from not too far from where I live. So uh, let's see if local boy makes good for uh, for ND here against going against his old team. I agree. I think that's the team. That's the game that everybody's going to be looking at this week. And obviously you want to see if teams like UCLA can continue some sort of momentum within the Pac-12 and everything else. USC obviously reeling after the firing of Clay Helton. Uh, we'll see how they're able to bounce back. But really, uh, we have to see how some of these top teams continue to track because Oklahoma did not play well last week. Um, Arkansas and Texas A&M. Arkansas, Texas A&M, definitely one of the games of the week uh, this week. Big time uh, stuff right there. All right, Mike, so let's get into the, the National uh, Football uh, League. And I think UCLA will be fine. I think UCLA will be fine moving forward. Nobody thought they were going to run the table uh, to begin with. That was a wild game, man, against uh, Fresno State. Uh, and I can't wait to see Jake Hayner on, on Friday night, uh, actually, against the UNLV running Rebels. But so your Pittsburgh Steelers, and jury's still out right now. This is like a trial in the NFL. You know, week one, fine. All right, week two. Some teams haven't even played a home game yet. So we can't, you know, start making final judgments. Sure. Listen, if you're 0-2, you're in a lot of trouble as far as making the playoffs are concerned. But, like, we don't know. So, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers? Are the Pittsburgh Steelers the, the team with the chip on their shoulder that came back and, and beat the Buffalo Bills in the second half? Or are they the team that got punched in the mouth uh, by the Las Vegas Raiders? Now they get a Cincinnati Bengals uh, team that they have dominated. They've beaten them nine of the last ten times. And, crazily enough, the only time they lost was last year. And they lost to Ryan Finley which was just kind of a strange anomaly game. But what's your take on this game? And what's the Steelers' health situation coming into this game? So a lot, pretty banged up. You got you have to understand that that Raiders game, kudos to the Raiders for going on the road on a short week and winning at 1 o'clock Eastern time in Pittsburgh. I thought they played really well. They thoroughly outplayed the Steelers. But the Steelers were without Devin Bush and Joe Hayden, who had gotten hurt uh, the previous week during practice. They lost T.J. Watt during the game. They lost Tyson Alualu during the game. He's out for the year with a broken ankle. They signed Taco Charlton to try to replace him this week. So it was a defense that was banged up during the Raiders game. You saw some big plays, Henry Ruggs and everything else. My reality for the Steelers this year is I do think it is going to be a very up-and-down season. I think their defense has been overlooked a bit because people were so focused on the offensive struggles last year. But if this defense isn't healthy, especially if Watt is banged up, I don't think they're that threatening of a team. I think I have them right around nine wins. Maybe they get to 10 wins. But I think you're going to see a roller coaster season where you get good halves, bad halves. Uh, they just need to find a way to put it together. Uh, I think Cincinnati's live only because their offense can do a lot of damage, but I just don't see how Cincinnati's defense holds up week after week this season. I, I think that is certainly their soft spot, and maybe the Steelers take advantage. Good bounce-back win for the Steelers, provided they are healthy. Devin Bush was a full go in practice earlier this week. It's all the way down to three right now at FanDuel. Yeah. And are the, don't, the Bengals are getting too much love, aren't they? A little yeah. bit overvalued, like last week, too, like at the Bears, where it was like a pick em, and, you know, the money came back in on the Bears a little bit, but it was like minus two. And now, and now only getting three, I guess the Joe Burrow factor, but the Bengals still suck, guys, right? Let's, let's, let's remind <laughs> The Joe people. Burrow factor <laughs> has clouded a lot of people. I know. Like, they're, they're what? They're, what? They're going to be plus three every week everywhere? <laughs> I'm glad everybody likes Joe Burrow, but 
this isn't the problem with the team. They got nice offensive weapons. Offensive line still an issue. Joe Burrow got beat up early again, uh, not just last week, but the week before. And the defense is was a bottom three defense last year. I have not seen a massive improvement yet. They pulled out the win against the Vikings. Kudos to them. They played the Bears tough, but neither of those teams I just mentioned are playing clean football either. So um, I, I think they're getting a little bit too much value. And I think that's the theme, Gabe, on the cards early in the season every week. Now, I know we have some big home dogs this week, but when I look at the Lions getting seven and a half and you say, ah, oh, that's a pretty attractive home dog. It's getting a lot of points. Well, if the Ravens start playing consistent football like they played in the second half last week against the Chiefs for the next month, what would that spread be a month from now? It would be 12 and a half. Yeah, yeah. And same and with the Jaguars uh, playing the Cardinals. I, while we did see some big spreads last week, if the Cardinals continue to play decent football, and granted they're not playing clean defensive football either, and the Jaguars keep playing the way the Jaguars are playing, what's that spread going to look like in three weeks? That's a two-touchdown game. The, the Jaguars are a mess. They have played the worst football in the NFL so far, right? They are a mess. They're not organized. I don't think they're being well coached from an organizational standpoint right now. And I just wonder, as much as we like to bet on the home dogs, are these home dogs, Jaguars and Lions, still getting the benefit of the doubt from playing a close game against the Niners in week one? or the fact that they have a home game. I just don't know that these teams are any good. I think these teams are way under. We thought they'd be way under their win totals, and maybe there's still a little bit of value early in the season. So we've got a couple of minutes uh, here. I'm going to ask you, so what catches your eye? We've got about a minute and a half uh, to be exact. So you're on the clock, blow it. Uh, but what is what is your NFL best bet, and what do you think about the game of the week uh, with the uh, Rams and the Buccaneers? Rams and Buccaneers is a really interesting one. I've been on record saying I think the Bucs are going to rip off 14 or so wins. I think this could be one of the losses, but their offense has been sharp. Can the Rams take advantage of them defensively where they haven't been as sharp? Uh, the Packers-Niners game is the game that I'm really going to be looking forward to watching on Sunday night. One little look-ahead uh, note, Gabe. The, the, the Saints are playing the Giants next week. The Saints have a tougher one against New England right now, and the Giants could beat the Falcons this week for their first win. They better. I'm saying wait on that game. If you get the results, a Saints loss and a Giants win, pound the Saints in week four. No way the Giants go down there and keep it close. I'm saying that spread could shorten from six and a half as a look-ahead line. I know it's rare that we do that, but a look-ahead line in week four if you get the results of a Saints loss and a Giants win on Sunday, pound the Saints the next week. That'll be a shorter line you can take advantage of. Joe Judge likes to yell at others and tell others to um, give him 20 and run laps and stuff. At some point in time, people are going to start yelling at him. They have wrong. to win this game. They need Absolutely. to win this game. Like, I'm not saying he gets fired Monday morning, but uh, you know, Giants can't lose to the Falcons in this spot. They're actually favored. They're expected to win this football game. And they have to. Mike Blewett, catch him right here. Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Sunday morning, getting you ready uh, for all the NFL action. Of course, I'm on live at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mike, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. The late night anger management class. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Radio. We're basically nearly done here. We're in a three-minute warning. Great job uh, by everybody uh, tonight uh, in Los Angeles. Matthias, uh, may the winners be yours uh, this week. And as I said, we're going to be back on uh, Sunday. But we will be on TV tomorrow and on Sirius XM Channel 204 from 6 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern. And um, let me fire off a couple of bets uh, here overnight if you can't join us on a TV show uh, tomorrow and radio show. Um Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, playing Middle Tennessee State. We're going to take the uh, the Charlotte 49ers uh, in this spot. It's minus two and a half or minus 158. Approach it how you how you will. I generally like taking a money line instead in this spot, but it's minus 158, so it's, it's a little pricey. But I do think Charlotte are going to win this football game against uh, Middle Tennessee. I like the Demon Deacons, and I should have pulled the trigger earlier in the week, and I'm kicking myself for not pulling the trigger on the over six and a half wins, too. Their offense is explosive. Virginia's going to have a hard time dealing with their passing attack. And um, Teddy Cover said it best earlier. Virginia are alive like when they're, when, they're laying, when they're getting points as a favorite. I know they beat Illinois earlier, but Wake Forest are in Illinois. Wake Forest have a lethal offense. I like the Demon Deacons plus the points. Syracuse and Liberty, that's kind of a tougher one. You know, I'm not. I'm not like running to the window to bet on Liberty here. Everybody says, "Hey, UNLV, UNLV here." I'm not so sure. I think Fresno State gonna come out and punch him in the mouth early. Actually, like like real early. I mean, I'll be taking a look at maybe Fresno first quarter. I think Fresno will come out hot and then sort of take the pedal off the metal uh, as the game goes on. It's Eighteen and a half Fresno in the first half. Picks, picks, picks. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. To be honest, we should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk. May cause mild.
child addiction. Get on the grid. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 